right, welcome to Who Picked This Movie. I'm your host, Clayton Palmer, and today I am joined by my good friend, Tom McAbee, and we are going to be doing the movie Silver Bullet. Yes. How you doing, Tom? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, what made you pick this movie? Well, all right, so Silver Bullet was probably one of the earlier um, horror films that I saw growing up, but I was always fascinated as a kid. Um, I've always been a fan of horror but one of the first exposure, I guess you want to say, to horror that I had elementary school, they used to have these books that had like different monsters. You had King Kong, Godzilla, and then you had your universal monsters. I was just always more, um, I don't know, gravitated toward the Wolfman. I always liked that story better than right. all the others. I, for just some reason, the Wolfman, I think, stood out more. So uh, the more werewolf movies that came out, yeah, I would be very excited to go see. Those. So, were you a universal like werewolf kind of person? I, you know, was I, that a little? You yeah. know, a little. You know, I've, it, we had talked before we started recording. I'm not like a huge fan of franchises, right? But it was something about the Wolfman that just really stood out to me. And so, when it was uh, anything that related or any werewolf movie that would come out, it interested me. But the really cool thing, of course, as a kid was Frankenstein and Wolfman and Yeah. You know, so it was just that all it was always werewolves for okay. whatever reason. Okay. Yeah, so this is a, a Paramount movie, uh rated R. The director was uh Dino De Laurentis. Uh, I don't know if you know who he is or not. Um S- yeah. J- you remember Jada De Laurentis from the cooking show? Yeah. Uh, That's yeah. her dad. Oh, really? Yeah, so he's he's an Italian director and producer. Uh, see, I knew that he did like what, Conan? Yeah. He did like Conan the Barber. Yeah, he did a lot of the eighties movies. 80s stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um now this movie starts out like with the full moon, very lighthearted music for what would be considered a horror movie. Dino De Laurentiis was the producer for this movie, but the director for this movie, this was his first and last movie. Oh really? Yeah, like he never produced, like never directed another movie after this. I am shocked about that. Yeah, as th- good as it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I've seen worse. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, now this is based on the cycle of the werewolf by Stephen King. Uh, so this was a short story, and they took and made it into a movie. I'll give a little bit of background. Uh, so when this movie started, there was no werewolf. They didn't have the werewolf scenes for the movie until like post-production. Oh, so they had really? to create the costume after the movie was mostly made. Oh, then that is, that is cool. Yeah. And so they would do reshoots with the werewolf in the movie. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that is so funny. We start out, there's a narrator, it's a woman, uh, an older woman. And she says that, uh, the last full moon of the spring came a little more than a month before school let out on summer vacation. So this is taking place in spring, uh, 1976. Uh, and she says, our town's long nightmare began that night. Um, we cut to this car and it pulls up uh, kind of like a rail car uh, yeah. on these railroad tracks. Um, and uh, the railroad track, uh, the guy who's working on the railroad track, he hears something around him, but kind of dismisses it. He's drinking um, while oh, he's yeah. working. You oh, know, yeah, he's having a good time. He's, uh, he's looking for the tools to fix the track. I think he's drunk. Like he's kind of fallen. Oh, he's out there. I mean, yeah. there's no two ways about it. You can hear him slurring and it's just so funny. Right. Right. Uh, and you hear something breathing heavy from out in the bushes. He starts scraping away from the dirt, from the tracks to fix whatever he's doing. I, I don't yeah. know. I have no idea how, what working on that track looks like. I don't. Yeah. Um, but he sees some large footprints on the track. 
and he says, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's most definitely like worried when he looks down and sees what sees that huge, gigantic yeah. like, Bigfoot with a claw print. But if if you had not known anything about werewolves and you looked down and saw that, like, I don't think my first like instinct would be like, oh, crap, you know, because if I see it, I'm going to be like, what? What is this? Exactly. Like my you know? first instinct would not be werewolf. My first instinct <laughs> yeah. would be, let's get the hell out of here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just gone at that point. Uh, you then see this big hairy hand come out and just slaps his head off his shoulders. Yeah. Um, now, the people in the town... Uh, they're saying that he passed on the tra- out on the tracks, and and he must have been decapitated that way, uh, which is uh, you that's, know that's a reasonable viable. explanation because yeah. yeah. you know your first thought isn't going to werewolf. No, no, absolutely not. And I mean the body is right there, the head's right there, and it shows that scene of the the train coming right that direction. So it would be easy to understand why. Yeah. Now I said before this is based on on Stephen King. The town that we're in is Tarker Mills. Yeah. And this is, in in the Stephen King universe, this is in between Derry, where you have it. Oh, what's the other one? The Rock. Uh, mm. Oh, uh, not Ca- Castle, Castle Rock. Rock? Yeah. 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 So Castle Rock was, I think, Salem's Lot, like yeah. all these other places. So it's, this is kind of in the middle of all those places. See, I love how he does that, though. Yeah. His stories, he finds a way to intertwine these places. Plus, he did the screenplay for this yeah. movie, too. Yeah. So I, I really like that. We cut to this festival going on downtown. You've got this marching band playing, and they're having bake sales, and and they're listening to music and everything. And a police officer starts talking, and it's actor Terry O'Quinn. And I don't know if you know who he is or not, um, but he is he was uh, John Locke in Lost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he was in the whole series of that, and one of the few characters to make it towards the end. See, I've, you know, that's the one show I never watched and I've heard it is so good. Like it, it picks up. Goes I think people man. hated it or loved it. Yeah. I, I fell into it. I didn't catch it until it was almost done. Yeah. And I watched it pretty much every season all in about three weeks. Cause I was, it was during summer vacation for, and I was working <laughs> at a school Yeah, and I stayed up literally 17, 18 hours a day and, and watched this. But see, that's until good, the last season came out. Now, see, that's really cool. That that's the marking of a good show. But no, he also did. Um, there was a couple of uh, other horror movies he did in the eighties. One was The Stepfather, yeah, and then Stepfather Two, which yeah. were absolutely terrible. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to check those out, do that yeah. at your own risk. There. Now, the town reverend, uh, his name's Lester Lowe. He stands up and starts giving a speech, uh, and the reverend is played by Everett McGill. Um, and he was, uh, one of the antagonists in the people of under the stairs. That's where yeah, I, I could not so he figure was, out. I think he was the I'd guy in the gimp him. suit. The, yeah, that's yeah. it. I remember that. <laughs> I do. I remember that movie. That's um, where I'd seen him. Okay. Now the girl who's narrating, uh, is the character Jane and she's played by Megan fellows. Uh, she has a brother named Marty and he's played by Corey Haim. Yeah. Uh, everybody knows who Corey Haim is pretty much, you know, Absolutely. from the lost boys mm-hmm. and, um, you know, any of the eighties movies, he, him, the Corys were in. That's right. Um, the two Corys. Yeah. Now he is, they've got this scene where they have a snake and his sister's looking for him and he ends up scaring her with the snake. Now she falls down into the mud, his friends laughing. And, uh, we cut to Marty and see that he's in this motorized wheelchair. Uh, it's, it's almost like a, like a motorbike. It has like a motorbike engine on it. Yeah. Like a mini bike. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it calls it the, 
the silver, silver bullet, bullet yeah. yeah which is what the movie's name <laughs> yeah <laughs> um now she falls into the mud and she's crying because she's messed up her dress and her pantyhose and everything and she tells her brother that she hates him and this is kind of a theme throughout the whole movie is like her basically him being a burden on her right and um, she actually uh, what does she call it i think uh she describes it as he's her cross to bear kind of yeah, thing yeah. he's he's a uh, paraplegic and i don't know they i, I guess she kind of feels like he's favored more or right whatever, so right she goes to where she's under this magnolia tree and over here is this couple arguing and it's her um i think it's her uncle and his girlfriend and uh they're like one of the the woman's pregnant and she is like very upset and crying and we'll come back to that in a you know in a little while but it sets up kind of a scene that's coming up yeah uh we cut to the car with jane and her family uh they're in the car and she's talking to the parents and uh she's saying that it's not her fault that her brother's crippled yeah which is it's just an awful thing to say you right. know um but she the mother gets mad and then they they drive up to the, like this really nice house where they live there you know big oak tree in the front and you can tell that like again that she doesn't like helping her brother because she always has to to help him right has be to, mobile basically yeah yeah just get him from one place to the other i mean he get he's he's able to he, i mean he's able to work the wheelchair and everything but it just seems i mean he has to have help to go from uh, yeah. one location to the other yeah now i will say and we'll, I'll bring this back up again. He really is not that immobile. No, his no. character, and you'll see it later in the movie. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so we cut to Jane's room at night, and her brother comes in. Uh, she's pretending to be sleeping, and he, you know, he feels bad about earlier, and goes to leave a couple of dollars on the nightstand so she can buy some new pantyhose and right and whatever. She wakes up, and and then she's like, you know, they don't cost that much. You can keep part of it, you know. So she does care about him. Yeah. But she hates that, you know, she always has to be the one to take care of him because apparently the parents don't yeah. take care of him as much as she does. Yeah. Like it's the older child syndrome, like you're taking care of your sibling. And it's funny you say that because in the movie, it really does play out that way. I yeah. Mean, you, you see more of her taking care of him than, than, the, parents. than the parents. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and one other person, but that'll come up. Right, right. So they're talking about the uncle and the aunt getting the divorce. Uh, and, and at this point, you know, we don't really know what the deal is behind that. And I don't think you ever do know why they're getting a divorce other than I think the uncle may have been an alcoholic Yeah. and, and the girlfriend's pregnant and right. he doesn't want to be a father. Right. All right. So we cut to the woman who's getting the divorce. Uh, this is the uncle's girlfriend and she's sitting in front of a mirror. Um, somebody's in the other room playing a piano, uh, and outside you hear something, you know, lurking in the rain. Yeah. Uh, so we know that the werewolf's there watching. Um, she's talking about committing suicide at this point because she's pregnant. Yeah. Uh, you see this furry hand reach up and grabs a trellis and uh, you hear this growl. Yeah. Uh, she screams and the werewolf jumps through the window and attacks her. And he just tears her apart. Oh, yeah. He, he tears her to shreds, man. And you can see the pills. She's obviously talking to a photo. Uh, there's a framed photo of her, there, of her boyfriend. Of her boyfriend, right. Yeah. And um, I, she's obviously about to do it. She's actually taking the whole handful. And, yeah. And then he just comes right in. 
like I said before, the, the werewolf's tearing into her, and the older woman who's playing the, the piano downstairs comes up the stairs with a gun. Um, and this, I guess, is her mom. Uh, and she sees the daughter laid out on the bed. Oh, yeah. And she's just covered in blood. She's done for. Yeah. Now, we cut to the sheriff's office the next morning, and he's on the phone with somebody. Uh, you know, this is the um, like your typical 80s police station because everybody's smoking right. in there. Uh, you know, he's smoking a cigarette inside the office. Then we cut to the bar, and there's a whole bunch of men in there that they have deer heads on the wall. You know, uh, everybody's talking about that you know they're paying their taxes to keep this town safe and the and the police department's not doing their job there yeah and this we just keep cutting back and forth through a lot of this uh we come back to marty and he's you know flying down the street on his motorized wheelchair the silver bullet yeah uh you know he's probably doing like 15 miles an hour or so on this thing yeah i mean it, yeah the best way you can describe it or i could describe it it's like a uh, loud very loud moped like no yeah muffler, but yeah. it's 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 pretty quick and i think that's one of the coolest things about the movie yeah um now he's riding on the wheelchair beside this girl in the pink dress and they come up to her house and uh or actually they come up to the house where the girl was killed at yeah um, I don't know if they know that she's been killed at this point, but they, they're staring up at the house and trying to figure out what's going on. Now they get to her house and she says that she hears some, something outside in this like rickety old shed yeah. every night. Yeah. And it pans something moving in. around. Yeah. yeah and it, and it yeah. pans in on like this old wooden shed and it just absolutely looks like there's a lot of overgrowth. And then I think you yeah. find out that he. Uh, he, he grows plants out there yeah. and that's what he does, but it still looks real creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, her dad's yelling it at her. Uh, and it, and she's like, you know, these damn cripples always end up on welfare. You know, he's, <laughs> yeah, just, he himself is an alcoholic. Like yes. you see him drinking quite a bit. Yeah. And then he was, he basically said, you know, they need to get rid of them all and balance the budget. Right. Like I that's mean, his stance like, on anybody yeah. different than him. Yeah. You're like, wow, man. I mean, it was just like such a, such a bad thing to say, but you know, yeah. And now, drunk. now Marty's going down the street and he almost runs out of gas. And this is one of those like points in the movie where he, they lead you up to think that he might be next because he's about to run out of gas. It's like setting it up. Like he could yeah. be the next victim. And they're they're The guy's making jokes about checking his windshield and his oil and everything, you know, for the wheelchair. Yeah. You know, it's just funny, but he ends up talking to another guy and it, and we find out that this is his uncle also. And it's Gary Busey. Yeah. And <laughs> but, okay. So, uh, you know, there's two things about this movie that I absolutely really well three that I absolutely love about it. Number one, werewolf. Number two, you got one of the two Corys. Number three, you don't just have an uncle in this movie. You have uncle Gary Busey. Like that is the most hilarious thing to me. If anyone has heard any of his interviews, like in real life, yeah, go YouTube it. it it's so funny. But Gary Busey's just crazy as can be. He's Gary Busey, like he's, yeah, like that's him. Yeah, in this I, I, movie, it's so funny. Now they're playing cards, and he's like losing to him. Mm-hmm. You know, at this point, the mom comes in. She's mad at him. Uh, she wants him to go to bed, but his uncle wants him to, you know, finish the game. And you see Corey, or not Corey, and you see Marty go up and he gets in one of the electric, you know, 
uh, chairs that goes up the stairs. Yeah, like the lift chairs. Yeah, yeah. you know the ones that go really, really, really slow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he probably could have crawled up the stairs faster than <laughs> right. than what it is. But his uncle and mom start arguing about how she basically babies him, um, and that he and that she needs to let him do more uh, than what she does than what he does. We cut back to the girl's house who who um, he walks early, home earlier, Marty, um, and. Her dad is watching uh, NWA on TV. Yeah. You know, which I didn't even know they were a thing at the time. Yeah. Um, I had the chance. We were talking earlier. We are talking about the liquid death drinking. Right. The first one I had was at a Smashing Pumpkins concert, and he owns NWA now. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's just so funny. You know, that, that, that that's one of the things, of course, like uh, any anybody in a small town, that was what maybe like any other Saturday or Friday night. Yeah. That was on TV. Yeah. But that's, that's really funny because that's what we're doing right now. We're actually legitimately drinking liquid death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you see the shed start stake, shaking outside. He goes and grabs a gun off the rack uh, and some bullets out of the stand. And you can see he's, uh, he's been drinking a little bit at this point. Stumbling around, he goes into the greenhouse. Not the shed, though. The shed was what was shaking, but he goes into the greenhouse, mm-hmm. which is a totally separate area. Yeah. Now, some of the terracotta pots that were in the greenhouse, they're all busted up now. Um, and he sees this. Uh, and he, as he goes up the steps, you can see the eyes of the werewolf through the step slats. Yeah. Like from underneath. And I was surprised that the werewolf doesn't grab him at that point. Right. You know, he's just watching him, so he's preying on him. Yeah. And I, one of the thing, one of the things I find to be funny is that you know they're already letting you know that that's what it is, like from the jump. Like, yeah, it's not one of those movies is. where you have to wait to find out what the monster is. You see it immediately from the very beginning. You know yeah. what it is. Now the the camera's shooting up from underneath the floorboards. Something creaks, and he turns around. And shoots up at one of the hanging plants that's hanging from the wall. Now, there's something shaking in the shed, jerking everything around. And then the werewolf comes from underneath the floorboards. Yeah. And just grabs him and tears, like, like jerks him underneath and, and actually pulls him down onto one of the board. And it just goes yes. through his chest. One of the planks. Just so goes it's not like he attacked. Yeah, it's not like he attacked him and, yeah. and mauled him. He actually, like impaled him like yeah. like it was intentional yeah and one of the cool things i i don't know i mean you know maybe we'll touch touch on this a little bit later but one of the things i like about it is you know this this isn't cgi this was like you know the old school special effects it yeah really it was cool all practical effects yeah, i love it yeah. yeah um now you cut to the diner and and all the people are reading newspapers and they see that another person's been killed and they it says there's a maniac on the loose and the sheriff comes up um Somebody's putting an ad in the window for like guns for sale. People are getting real antsy in the town, yeah. you know, because multiple people are getting killed. I don't know how big the town is in the story, you know, but it seems like a smaller town. You you have that Mayberry vibe yeah. about the town. Um, no, no, no different than like Derry or any yeah. others that are kind of talked about in the yeah. other Stephen King stories. Now, and it also cuts to like women are pulling their kids into the house, you yeah. know, as it's getting dusk. There, nobody's taking any chances. People are locking their doors. They're all scared. Like they know that somebody else is going to end up getting killed. You know, in a small town, they're talking. Like, yeah. how did they die? Well, I mean, they're shredded like you know a pork. Butt. Yeah, exactly. You know, just sitting there like shredded up. Now, meanwhile, Marty is climbing up into a tree out by the lake. Uh, he's got a kite stuck up there. 
they're at some park uh, near where they live, and his sister comes to get him. So his sister again is the one coming to take care of him. Yeah, you know, trying to find out where he was. He was supposed to be at home like an hour before. Um, Marty goes to leave uh, to follow his sister, and his friend ends up staying behind. So you, Brady, yeah, yeah, you, he's going to be the next to die. Oh yeah. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, before he leaves, he just, he looks back and he just yeah. keeps looking at him and he just, you can tell he's got that feeling. Marty knows. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he's like, just got a feeling like this is not good. You know? it's yeah. It's not good. He, and he probably should have told his friend, Hey, go home. Yeah. You know, there's some people are getting killed. Yeah, man. Like people are dying, getting eaten up and all of that. Um, so he takes off on his motorized wheelchair with the sister. And so you cut to this diner and, and, um, we're back at the bar, actually, where the guys, there's this guy running his mouth, uh, talking about how the police aren't doing their job. And one of the police is in there and he comes up and threatens him. And, and I think this police officer was probably drinking. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he was on duty or whatever. Uh, yeah. I'm sure he was off duty uh, for this part of the movie. You know, <laughs> people don't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Never. <laughs> <laughs> now, the sheriff ends up, now, the boy's dad who uh, was friends with Marty. Yeah. He comes into the bar and he's like asking where, if anybody's seen his son. Mm -hmm. Um, And we cut to the sheriff coming out of the park and he's found the body of his friend. Yeah. And you know what? Two things on that one, the father comes into the bar, you know, he already has that look on his face because he knows what's going on. Right. And, you know, this is his son. This is just a kid. And then when you cut to the sheriff there at the gazebo area, uh, the sheriff is, the sheriff is reciting a prayer. Yeah. I mean, it's so bad that, I mean, he's just, he's legitimately reciting a prayer, walking away from the, from the body. Yeah. Um, now the father, they end up taking the father to the park. Or either it was either they took him or he drove up. He knew where what was yeah, going they on. Yeah, dropped though. him off. Yeah, the um, cop car. Yeah, but he goes up to the body and they're trying to stop him. And he comes up and sees that his son's all mangled. You know, he's covered up. You never see the boy. You know, right. but I'm sure he's mangled like the rest of the bodies that you know have been killed. Yeah, all the people who've been killed. So we cut to the next day and they're having a funeral for the boy. Marty and his family's in there uh, with his uncle. Uh, Gary Busey. <laughs> uh, it's still funny to me. I'm sorry. He Just pulls drunk. out a flask. <laughs> so, in church. Everybody in this funeral. house, everybody in this whole like town just drinks all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is what it is, but he does. He, he, he goes to pull out a flask at this funeral and he's probably like third or fourth row back. Like yeah. no cares in the world. Right. Um, they're playing Amazing Grace, and there's a white casket in there, uh, and you know it's the size of a kid, you know, yeah. so you know it's for a kid. And you see the pastor start giving a eulogy. Now, this scene reminds me a lot of I don't know if you've seen it or not, but Midnight Mass. No, I don't think so. Um, so it's 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 almost like shot for shot, uh, and well, not shot for shot, but as far as the feeling and the music and everything um, that almost Catholic type of uh, mass feeling, you know. That's that's interesting you say that because looking back on it now, you're right. I mean, it really does have that feel of of more of a a Catholic feel to it. And 
that being a small town, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. What's but the that's north? Something you wouldn't expect. Yeah, I mean, it's the north. So it, it could it, they they well, may be Catholic. True. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't look like a Catholic church, but it could have been. No, definitely looks like just one of those small, small. It looks small like a small churches. Baptist church. Yeah. To right. Me. Um, so, so we're going down the road, and Marty's uncle. Uh, Gary Busey. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna call him. I'm not it's even gonna so, call him by his name. I'm not gonna call him by his name. Yeah. It's Gary Busey. He, he tells him basically they're gonna get the guy, and Marty yeah. says, "Well, what if it's not a guy?" So he's got like a premonition that this this is something you know otherworldly, you know supernatural. Right. Um, what leads me to believe that again, you know, it's small town talk, and that everyone is pretty much probably talking about the condition of the bodies at this point. Yeah. And it's also important to point out that the relationship we talked about, like the two people in uh, Marty's life, yeah. you know, the sister, the other is the uncle. The uncle, you can tell, uh, is very close to Yeah, he's Marty. a big part of his life. Yeah, it, it may, they make that very apparent in the movie. Yeah. Now, he also says, you know, what if it's a werewolf or something? Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know where he would have gotten that, you know? I mean, I guess based on hearsay of what the bodies look like. Yeah. But he's not seen the werewolf at this point. Yeah. Well, see, this is what's funny, though, and you're going to see it as it unfolds. The The funny thing about this is the only person that's trying to be rational about this whole story is the one person you'd never think would be rational, and it's Gary Busey. Right. So Gary Busey is legitimately trying to be rational, like, ah, oh, it's not a werewolf. Yeah. When that's normally probably the first person that would yeah, say, he's hey, maybe be running it's around a screaming, This is a werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> And showing his teeth, you know. Yeah. They get back to the house, and he tells his uncle that Tammy heard something in the shade outside the house. Uh, and, and the uncle says, you know, psychos are out when the moon is full. Yeah. So, again, in this, like, scene after scene after scene, you're talking about things that have to do with werewolves. So, the moon, right. he says it's a werewolf. Um, you know, you'll see different people talk about werewolves in the movie. Um, so, everybody, like, knows their, what werewolves are. Yeah, and they got this idea that this is a werewolf. I think most of the town thinks this is a monster of some sort. Yeah, um, and so we cut back, and there's a whole bunch of men in um, the the bar again. All of them have guns at this point, and they're going to hunt whatever this is. They're they're totally vigilante mode at, at this, this point. point it's yeah. mob mentality. Yeah, they're definitely going after it. Uh, the sheriff comes in and he says, "You know, I didn't deputize any of you." He tells them that he wants them to go home. The boy's dad is in there uh, who died, the last victim. And the father is giving the sheriff down the road about the fact that his son was torn to pieces and nothing was done to stop it. I mean, he even holds up a photograph of yeah. his son, which is obviously, you know, of the body. So, I mean, he's that, you know, I can't imagine you know, at yeah. that point. Now, the sheriff loses the argument and all the people go outside um, with their guns uh, the pastor's outside and he's trying to stop everybody. And, you know, he's saying, don't do this. And, you know, this is not a good thing. The men are pulling out, you know, into the park where the, the last victim was, his son. Yeah. And they're going into this park and it's like all, I mean, it's it's like after dark, you know, it's, it's hazy, you know, yeah. there's fog, you know, just, just above the ground nobody's really organized at all, but they have dogs and flashlights, but they're all going in different directions. Right. There's, you know, there is no organization. Somebody's going to get hurt out there, yeah. even if there wasn't anything out there. Right. <laughs> they're just all running into the woods. One of them has a bat. 
uh, and you can see the full moons out. So you know that somebody's fixing to die. Yeah. Uh, at this point, they they give those cues very regularly. Or was it? Oh, it, was, it was the peacemaker, I think. It was yeah, the, 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 the bat. bat. Yeah, that was yeah. written on it. Yeah. Now I said they're walking through the woods and it's foggy, uh, and you can hear like animal sounds. You know, in the woods, people are all tense. One of the guys ends up getting caught in some kind of like bear trap. Yeah. That had been set. Like it smacks into his leg and he's bleeding out. Uh, and, and like somebody yells out in the distance and this other guy's like pulling it off of him. And when the guy yells, he lets it go and it like slams back down on his leg. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he, you know, screams out. Right. Now the guy who was arguing with the cop, he's leading the group of men. They go into a clearing and the fog's now up to like waist high. You can't see through it. Yeah. Uh, this is like the, you know, Dracula scene. Yes. You know, you know, like, you know, something's underneath the fog. Right. You can't see it. It's moving around everybody. And the interesting thing, too, is, you know, everybody was so amped up. Yeah. Until this point. Until they get into that clearing. Yeah. Now they're now the whole atmosphere has changed. Yeah. You hear this animal breathing super heavy. And one of the guys, uh, you know, he says it's under the fog. Yeah. Like, so they know it's there. Uh, this call, claw comes up and grabs one of the guys from behind, jerks him down. And then you see another claw come up and grab somebody by the face. Like it's taking them out one by one. Oh, it was wicked. The one, the one where he's grabbed by the face. That was so good. That was like one of probably one of the best kill shots that you see in that movie is just him pulling him down. And then, yeah, but the very next scene though, is probably one of the worst I've ever seen. Because you can tell that the face is a mannequin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it wasn't even it, a um, like real like it wasn't even a prosthetic. It yeah. was just a mannequin's head yeah. that was painted to look like the guy's face. <laughs> yeah. Um because it comes back up, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it comes like back you, up. Yeah, it comes back yeah. up and then there it is. So they didn't really put any money into that shot. No. Like this is something they went and got from a local store or something. Yeah. And then painted to They're do probably the thinking, ah, oh, it's foggy anyway. Yeah. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna pay attention. Uh, now I said they're getting picked off one by one and the guy who has the baseball bat gets taken down and you can see his arm coming up and down and he's hitting the werewolf. But then the next time it comes up, it's the werewolf's hand that has the bat right? and the werewolf's beating the guy with the thing first and time, the bat's broken. Yes. And I mean, it just splintered and first time I've ever seen you know a werewolf use a baseball bat to take somebody yeah, I've, I've out i've never you seen know? anything like that you yeah. got you got mitts like iron claws and we're just gonna beat them with a bat <laughs> took that personally i think so all of the people get taken out from that we cut back to the church the next day and they're having a mass funeral and you're everybody's playing amazing grace again uh the reverend's standing up at the front and there's like candles everywhere in the church like way more than there was for the little kid yeah everybody's swaying back and forth the boy who got killed earlier is his dad's in the crowd uh and he's kind of going crazy uh everybody's angry and the pastor's trying to like all of a sudden passes out and then everybody in the room starts turning into werewolves yeah it's so eerie even before that begins like within a minute yeah. You can already tell it's just so eerie in that church at that moment. It's yeah, just it's, something about it was different. Now, the pastor starts freaking out. The windows like are blowing in. Uh, all the werewolves are covered in blood, yeah. even though there's like they, they're not like tearing anybody, but they're covered in blood. And all, right. Um, maybe from the transformation. The bodies come out of the casket. Now, they're werewolves. Yeah. Uh, the organist 
<laughs> the organist, that's the funniest part. The organist turns into a werewolf and starts banging on the keys like, like I don't Dan, even know, like, like uh, Bam Jerry Bam Lee or something. Lewis, yeah. you know, just like great balls of fire and just looks directly into the camera and there's yeah. blood everywhere. It's ridiculous, but it's just so strange because the lights are out now. Yeah. And it's like lightning in the background. Just it's just funny. Now S spooky. Now the pastor wakes up and it was all a dream, of yeah. course. <laughs> and of all people, it's the, the pastor. pastor. Yeah. Yeah. He's you Which know, up to this point has had no role in anything. Absolutely not. Other I mean, than telling I, them not to go. Yeah, and just being worried about the town and you know, people's lives and you know. Yeah. That's all we know. So we cut to the fairground and it looks like the fair has been canceled, fireworks are canceled. Uh, everything's being shut down. Uh, Jane gets into the car and she's arguing with her parents. They're driving down Main Street and you can see Main Street's empty. Yeah. People are, and you also see something that I've never seen like with this kind of movie is like everybody knows about this. There was one car that drives off and it's loaded down with, uh, with suitcases right. and the stuff from their house. So yeah, they're, they're getting, getting out. out of there. They're getting yeah, out absolutely. of Absolutely. And, and when, you, when you see them leave, it's like you said, they leave that... Um, what's supposed to be a fireworks display, you know, they come out, take a left, and what's supposed to be a busy downtown area, there's only one car parked yeah, yeah. there. It Nothing's out. Now, we go from that to the exact opposite because we cut back to Marty's house and they're having a cookout. Yeah. Which is so crazy to me because, like, everybody's scared, but they're like, let's go, you know, get on the grill. <laughs> um, Marty's talking to his uncle. His uncle's, like, trying to cheer him up. And he ends up giving him a new version of the silver bullet. Oh, uh, yeah. So he has souped this wheelchair up, and now it's like a motorcycle. This thing is amazing. It has got, like, dual exhaust coming out yeah, over the yeah. top. He, it is. You gave this, like, 12-year-old kid something that was doing, like, 15 miles an hour, and now he's doing 70. You gave him a Harley wheelchair. Yeah. Like Gary, Gary Busey. That's Gary Busey. That's what he would do. Yeah, yeah. it's basically a motorcycle. That's at this what point. it is. Yeah, I mean, he's passing cars on the double yellow line. He takes it out for a test spin, you know? Yeah, he takes off and he like, it's it's so, it's got so much power behind it, he immediately does a wheelie. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's probably doing about, I would say he's doing like 50 on it, yeah. going down the road. He goes up to the road and then ends up coming back. Uh, we cut to a little bit later that night. And they're all eating outside on at the picnic table, and the Uncle says he's got to go, and he gives Marty fireworks. Uh, looks like bottle rockets and roaming candles, you know, your typical yeah. fireworks um, from because, the time. Because he knew he was disappointed in the fireworks. Yeah, because he didn't get canceled. Yeah, he tells them to stay at the house. Uh, he jokes and he says, "Watch out for the werewolf." Yeah. Again, here's another instance yeah. of them saying werewolf. Um, Marty sneaks out of the house and he's climbing down the antenna on the TV, like from where the TV is. <laughs> this is where I'm talking about. He's mobile. He's, he's got more enough, mobile than he lets on. Yeah. He's got enough upper body strength to climb 30 feet. Yeah. On an antenna. That or we could just mark it up to like terrible acting and being yeah. able to do that. Uh, God rest his soul. But no, yeah, it, it is. He does. He climbs down from his bedroom window with his arms and just falls into the. Yeah, Chair. yeah. Now he goes back to the park where his friend was killed. Yeah. And I don't understand why people keep going back to this park knowing there's at like night. people getting killed. And he's out at, at night. night after everybody's asleep. Yeah. He goes up on the bridge and he's like shooting off fireworks. In the water, you can see the reflection of the werewolf. Like you can see the yellow eyes yeah. reflecting in there in the part of the face. So he's on the bank watching Marty uh, out from behind the bushes. 
Uh, Marty thinks he sees something down at the end of the ramp, and he sets his fireworks off. Uh, flies up in there. It's one of those like spinning fireworks. Yeah, like I think the bumblebee and things. The, yeah, and then you see the werewolf walking, and it starts coming up that where he's at. Yeah. Now he sees the werewolf, and he lights the bottle rocket, and he shoots it into the werewolf's eyeball. Uh, he takes off flying on the silver bullet uh, motorcycle wheelchair thing, and somehow climbs the antenna back into his room. Right. So, you know, he's, he's did, you know, his ninja course <laughs> for the day. Um, and then the next day he calls his uncle and tells him that he saw the werewolf last night. Uh, so now he, the main character of this has seen the werewolf. So yeah. now the movie is about him and the werewolf. Marty tells his sister and she much like pretty much believes him. What yeah. he's saying, some know? yeah, I, I think I think that she believes some of it, like yeah, and she I believe is um, they have such a relationship that she wouldn't believe that Marty would like blatantly lie, right? So she obviously believes some of the story, right? Right. Um, now she's walking around town, so she starts investigating after he tells him this, he tells her this. She's walking around and collecting cans, and she goes out looking for anybody who's got an eye yeah. messed up. She's going around town, you know, trying to do this, ends up at the church, and this is where you see that the pastor has a messed up eye. Yeah. So we know now that yeah. the pastor is the werewolf. Now we know. She tries to play it off. She goes and put the cans in the shed where the pastor... Um, well, actually, no. She no, doesn't she, even she see doesn't, it at yeah, this point. Yeah, because he's yeah. he's planning. He's, he's planning to plants. the garden. Yeah, yeah. So she hasn't seen it. She didn't yet. see his eyes. But she goes into the shed, and while she's in the shed, shed, she finds the bat. Yeah. And then he walks up on her, and she sees the eyeball. Right. Like that, it's messed up. Now he's asking if she has any trouble, and you can tell the pastor knows that they know. Oh yeah. And yeah, she doesn't. Point. She doesn't miss a beat either. Yeah, he's like, you look. You look like you've seen a ghost. You're, you know, you're trembling is what he says. Yeah, would you like to lie down and without missing a beat? Don't feel well. I mean, she yeah. just like completely is trying yeah. to get out of that. Now she goes home Shit. and tells Marty. She's like, I've never been so scared in my entire life. Yeah, uh, yeah. she's, you know, she's trembling. They decide basically. Marty makes a ransom kind of note to send to him <laughs> yeah. and tell him, you know, we know what you are. Yeah. Um, you know, why don't you go kill yourself? Yeah. Uses the whole clipping out of the yeah. letters thing and the glue. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the sister goes and puts in the mail. The pastor gets the letter and he's like uh, sitting in the dark reading this. Right. You know, and he knows who it came from. Yeah. Cause she's the only person They're who's the only like ones. been around lately. That's right. Um, and he knows that Marty's the one who shot him in the eye. Yeah. And for me, you know, seeing it in that light, it gives an idea of where he is with what he has. Yeah. Being a wolf. And I'll talk about that. Yeah. They tell the uncle Gary Busey about the letter and you know, he's freaking out. They end up going to the church and they're all watching him at the church. Right. Um, so Marty, his sister and the uncle. So we cut to Marty and he's watching people play in baseball. And now the pastor is watching him. Right. He, he pulls up yeah. real slow in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And Marty goes to leave, and and he's going down the road on his on the silver bullet, right? Uh, the motorcycle wheelchair, and the pastor comes up behind him in his and, blue car. And his, yeah, it was like a Buick, like yeah. a big Buick, you know, yeah. big whale of a car. Yeah, and tries to run Marty off the side of the bridge, 
his bike gets kind of messed up, mm-hmm. but he ends up getting, you know, it turned back on yeah. before the Reverend tries to barrel over him again. It's a real thrilling moment. Yeah, that, that, that part that is, scene is for really, sure. really kind of like takes your breath. Now, the Reverend, he turns around one more time and Marty ends up taking off. And they cut down this side road and Marty's running out of gas on the silver bullet. Yeah, you know, once again, it shows. Yeah. yeah. Now, there's a bridge, one of those covered bridges, and it's it's got a sign on it that says it's unsafe. And he drives a silver bullet into it. Um and the reverend's like he before he's like swerving all over the road trying to hit him and everything and he ends up getting left behind a little bit yeah but he catches up to marty because now marty's inside this cover bridge and the thing is completely out of gas um so he's stuck where he's at and you can see the reverend's car just start slowly creeping up like and now he's taking his time getting there there's a moral to this part of the story too by the way i'll get to that in a minute now the pastor is now he's talking to Marty. He's in the bridge yeah, and he's justifying all the killings. Yeah. He's, he's coming at it from a point of faith. He says that, you know, he killed the, the girlfriend because she was talking about committing suicide right? and she was going to go to hell. So he kept her from going to hell. Yep. And then he, and I think he took out the, fa- the other guy, the girl's father, right? Because he was an alcoholic and he was beaten on his, kid and whatever and this is where it's interesting to me because in 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 the old folklore of werewolves or if you go look and you watch the old movie you look, you take a look at the universal uh, wolfman yeah anyone that uh somehow has that they consider it a curse yeah and they're willing they won't they want to die they want to be rid of it or yeah. whatever the case may be this is where you know we see that the pastor this isn't some sort of curse to him. No. He uses it as some sort of, um, I guess, excuse yeah. to yeah. have it. And that lets me know right there, this guy is all wrong. Yep. And he, he even threatens Marty and tells yeah. him basically like, you know about this, so I'm going to have to kill you. You're going to yeah. have an accident. You're going to fall in this river. <laughs> yeah. and And you're going to get wet. <laughs> to which he could probably just crawl out of since he's Yeah, you know, he's on an army crawl out of the river. Yeah. Um, but outside, you see this guy pull up on a tractor, and and Marty calls to him. You know, thankfully this guy was there, yeah. uh, and the pastor ends up running off and gets back in his car and leaves. Yeah. Um, see, moral to that story, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, don't leave the car almost on empty when yeah. you're driving because you never know your your werewolf pastor may come after you if right. you're stuck on the side of the road right. somewhere. <laughs> We cut back to Marty and his sister, and they're talking to the uncle. And the uncle sees uh, on the silver bullet, like he sees the paint from where the pastor tries to run yeah. him over. Um, so now he believes them. Right. You know, he, now he's got proof. And he's saying, you know, that his car is this color. Yeah. And he believes that the pastor is after them. He, he's yes. still not wanting to grasp that the pastor is That it's a werewolf. werewolf. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the sheriff goes out to the church at night. Um Actually, the actually the uncle goes to the sheriff. Yes, he does, and tells him the whole story. Yeah. Um, now the sheriff goes to the church at night, and he's out there smoking a cigarette, and he knocks on the door of the church and calls out to the reverend. Uh, he's like looking around. He sees the silver paint um, where he hit the bike. Yeah. Um, and so he's like in that shed uh, where his sister was earlier. Uh, now the pastor steps up out of the dark. Yeah. And the sheriff pulls a gun on him because he catches him off guard. And the pastor basically says, 
it's not my fault. And he starts transforming into the werewolf. Yes. And brains him, brains the cop. Yeah. With, guess with, what? With the bat. The Peacemaker. Yeah. So at this point, Peacemaker 2, Townspeople 0. Like he's in take, he's, that's the second person that the werewolf is taken out with a ball bat. With a ball bat, yeah. yeah. And he didn't just like he didn't just hit him once. Like no. he hit him and knocked him out, and then he went to town on him. Yes, he did. Now we cut back to the park, and the uncle's there with Jane and Marty, and they say something about the sheriff being told, and nobody's seen him again. Yeah. So they know the sheriff's dead at this point. Like he didn't make it out alive. And now the uncle at this, yeah, it's it's like you said. They're sitting together discussing yeah. this now, and the uncle has literally no choice at this point. But he still doesn't believe it. Yeah, he, fully. He, he does not think and will not believe. Again, the one person that is trying to be, um, um, I don't know uh, the word you're looking. He's the, the voice of reason. Yeah, the, the one voice of reason, Gary Busey. Yeah, is still yeah. like it's not a werewolf. <laughs> But no. at this point, he's definitely concerned because now the sheriff is missing. Yeah. Now, Marty and his sister hand him their silver necklaces, and they want him to go have the, the silver, you know, smelted down into a bullet. Yeah. And he does that. He goes to, like, a jeweler, and they, they melt it. No, it was actually, it was, a, um, it was a gun store owner. Right. That's Gunsmith, what it was. yeah. Yeah, and he melts it down, and he turns it into a silver bullet. And I think they end up turning, they make two bullets. Yeah. Well, so they, it was one. Was yeah, it one? They, they were able to melt it down to one. And, um, you know, while he's going okay, and that's, that. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. because the, he wants him to melt one. The, uh, Marty does. Yeah. And the girl wants him to melt the second one down into bullet number yeah. two. That's what she says. Yeah. And it's interesting because the, the gunsmith, you know, when, when, the, uh, when Gary Busey is in there, you know, talking about, hey, well, I appreciate you doing that. You know, it's just kind of like a little gag gift. And he goes, yeah. nah. I understand to kill werewolves. Yeah. <laughs> just like, wow. Gary Busey once again is like, are you crazy? Yeah, this is a yeah. separate person who he has no contact with talking about werewolves. Uh, the next day or the next night, uh, Marty's mother and father, they're leaving the kids with the uncle. Uh, the moon's full. Uh, it's that time of night. I don't know if anybody remembers, you know, in the eighties when you would go to sleep in the, um, the national anthem or whatever would play on the right. TV and then everything cut off. Like there yeah. was no more TV after like midnight. But the, see the interesting thing about it though, is that Marty did do some research about how silver does kill the werewolf. Yeah. And that the next full moon that maybe, uh, would be the best time to kill the werewolf because the next full moon, maybe the preacher, uh, stays in that werewolf form. Yeah. Yeah. So it just happens to fall on Halloween. Yeah. That that night. Now the daughter's on the couch asleep, and um, Marty's in the wheelchair asleep. The uncle's in the chair with the handgun. <laughs> and, you know, he's half asleep. Uh, he has a cigarette in his hand, and it goes out, and that's what wakes him up. Yeah. Um, and outside, you can hear the wolf lurking. Yeah. It's scraping its claws along the house, so it's like walking and pulling its, you know, claws. Yeah. And she, the sister, says that she sees the wolf outside, looking in and screams. Yeah. 
And now Gary Busey at this point is he's he's jerky. Yeah, he's at jerky. This point. Yeah. But he's like he's done with it. He's basically like there is no werewolf. Yeah. You know, quit doing this. We're gonna go to bed. Yep. You know, we'll wake up tomorrow and everything will be good. And now he's starting to get spooked when she screams. Yeah. Now the wolf's outside and it pulls the power off the side of the house and all the lights go off. The uncle's still trying to downplay all this. <laughs> yeah. Don't panic. It yeah. could be anything. He said it could just be, you know, like it could be a few hours or whatever that the power's out. The wolf breaks down the whole wall at this, like just tears through the wall. It was completely insane yeah. to watch that. Yeah. It's just like, it's like the Kool-Aid man just came yeah. through. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. Uh, the wolf breaks down the wall into the living room. The bullet goes down into the, the grate for the air conditioner on the floor. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't in the gun. He didn't have the bullet in the gun. He took it out and was tossing it up in the air. Yeah. And the wolf throws Busey across the room, uh, then goes after the sister. Now, the Marty's going into the grate to get to the silver bullet, and the uncle starts hitting the wolf with the fire poker yeah. at this point. Because the gun's on the floor now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Marty finally gets the bullet. He sticks it into the gun, and the wolf's about to attack, and he shoots him through the other eye. Yeah. So Marty has taken out this werewolf both, both of his eyes. Yeah. Now he falls down to the ground and he starts slowly turning back into the pastor uh, at this point. And the sister and the brother are just terrified. Uh, the uncle gets up and he's freaking out. You know, I like the effect here uh, that they did where they, I mean, this is an old effect, but they take and pull the hair backwards through the prosthetic. Yes. So it looks like it's growing backwards. I, I thought that that was the, the two coolest scenes for me uh, in the transformation is yeah. in the, is in the, uh, is in the shed when the sheriff is in there with the pastor yeah. before the sheriff is killed. And then this scene, you know, yeah. where, you know, you see him uh, uh, transform back into the human form. Yeah. The Reverend jumps up one more time before, you know, this is yeah. the jump scare uh, before falling back into the wall. Uh, the sister screams again, you know, and uh, you got to get that one in, you know, yeah, that yeah, last yeah. one. And she asks Marty if he's all right. And he said, you know, yeah, I'm good. Everything except for my legs. <laughs> yeah. And so you've got this comedic part at the very end right. of the movie. And so they, you know, hug each other and they tell each other they love each other. And she says, I love you too, Marty. Good night. And that's how the movie ends. Yeah. Now, okay. So for me, this movie wasn't a scary movie at all. No. I didn't watch it when I was younger. Or I may have caught clips of it. Yeah. Um, I was not a huge fan of the the werewolf in wow. the movie. Wow, yeah. Because, I mean, I know that they didn't have a werewolf when they were making the movie. And it's such a low-budget movie Yeah. when it was made at that time. Very little was spent on this. No, not a whole lot. On this werewolf suit. No, not at and all. And so it, it's it's a cheesy werewolf, like yeah, high, like party city kind of werewolf suit for me. I agree. I think so too. And the, and the thing the thing about this movie, this was done in like '84. Yeah. So Stephen King, they knew that they would have um, some money coming in with this movie because yeah. you know you'd already had Carrie. Uh, that mm -hmm. did really well, but I don't. I don't think it was a commercial success by any means. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't look up any of the budget or anything like that for this movie. But and this was like again. Uh, this was like '84, and this is yeah. like pre uh, Corey Haim Lucas. Yes. Anybody's ever seen his movies? I mean, yeah. So that that was way back when. Yeah. 
It's for me. It's one of those. It's one of those. Um, you know, with Stephen King movies, they're either hit or miss. Yes. And this was a miss for me. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a good movie. Uh, like as far as the actors go. Right. Like really solid actors with with um, uh, who does it? Terry Quinn. Right. And and Corey Haim. Yeah. Uh, Gary Busey. I wouldn't say Corey was like a solid actor. He but wasn't I mean, a solid actor, he but he was 80s. a known actor. Yeah, yeah he at the was. Time. He was. He did really well for himself in the '80s, and he and he was. I would say yeah. he's a good actor, but you're right, Terry uh, Terry O'Quinn. Um, yeah, the actors carried this incredible. movie a lot more than the that for me than the effects did. Yeah, and then Gary Busey being in it is a definite plus. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. just coming off his hit of I don't know Eye of the Tiger, I think was what it was called. <laughs> just something terrible. I don't know what let's, it was. Let's taking. just throw something Gary Busey's way. You know, yeah, to be entertaining. Yeah. But no, um, I I think that with it being one of the first, um, one of the first scary movies that I saw growing up, um, as an adult watching it now, yeah, which I always encourage people to do, yeah, you know, like go back and watch it. For me, it was more of a thriller kind yeah. of thing than it was scary. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a horror movie at all. Yeah, no, um, you know, I I'm the same way. Like I try to go back and watch movies that I watched as a kid. A lot of times I'm let down as an adult. Like, why yeah. did I like this? Um, <laughs> I would watch this movie again. Like, it's not one that I would be right. like totally against watching. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to say, uh, let's go ahead and rate this movie. So we'll do it on a scale from one to ten. Yeah. Um, how many silver bullets would you give this movie? I would give this movie about six silver bullets. I, I agree. It's, it's. I would give it. I'd give it about six silver bullets. Yeah. There, there are other uh, werewolf films that are out there that are just like way better oh yeah, yeah but yeah. but i think that you know it's more of a nostalgia thing you yeah. know kind of deal yeah. but definitely six okay well thanks for being on the episode with me today tom and i've I, had fun doing this i've had fun too man um i hope we can get you on another episode sometime absolutely maybe man. pick another movie and um i think that's going to be it for tonight so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up hey, man, uh, thanks we- everybody for listening uh on Spotify and much continued success, man. This has been fantastic. Oh yeah. Thank you. I really love it. It's been every episode. I listen. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. So check us out on Spotify. Check us out on, uh, X on Facebook and we'll see you next week. Good night. Good night. Good night.